just so thankful to the Lord, thankful for this church, uh, thankful for Tyler and Ashley and the rest of the team. Um, I was with them at World Mandate in um, Fort Worth just the other week. My goodness me, he preached the house down. I, I had to follow him as well, you know, and my, my only complaint that weekend was it was every preacher was taller than the next one, you know. And, and I was the shortest one, and I got the shortest amount of time. And I said, is it got to do with height? You know, is that how you measure the clock here? You know, it was crazy. But anyway, um, we've had fun. We, we went to Mongolia together one time, and, and uh, we've always had great fun. I've always enjoyed coming and being with the family and having good fun uh, with them. Um, I think it was Madeline last night asked me to go in and sing a song to her while she fell asleep. And fortunately, she didn't have a bad dream after it, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, because my principle is uh, God loves the crows as well as the nightingales, you know. Um, so um, I'm just always thankful. And I bring greetings from Scotland. I understand there's a few of you coming there this, uh, this year. So we're very thankful for that. Um, a little church up in the northeast of Scotland. Uh, we, you know, this young pastor that I ordained uh, five, five years ago, we've take, through his vision, we've taken on the whole nation just as one little church. Um, and so we, we had revived Scotland last year, and 258 people responded in some way in some of the hardest places in Scotland that we would have said, nothing's going to happen there. But God has just suddenly opened the doors. We're living in a new day. Oh, your enthusiasm overwhelms me this morning. Wow, thank you, Lord. I'm glad you're happy about it. Yeah, um, you know, <clears throat> because we're living in a new day. It's amazing what God is doing in our midst. But who knows that, um, you know, Psalm 91, um, he's with us even in our troubles. Yeah, that's how enthusiastic I am about that too. Um, and, um, <clears throat> but that's the promise of the Lord, that he's going to be with us um, in the midst of all these things. So I want you all to look at me, because I'm going to pray for you with your eyes open, okay? And just look at me. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of your heart would be open, that you would know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance within you and the surpassing greatness of his power that is towards you who believe. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated them far above all principality and power and rule and name that is named not only in this age, but in the age to come, and given them as head over all things to the church, to you, the church. He's not talking to the Ephesians today. He's talking to you here in College Station. Made him as head over all things and given them to us to be the church that we would live from a place of revelation, of knowing what he wants to do, what he is doing, and where he wants to take us, and where he wants us to go, and all that he wants to do in and through our lives. We have an important place in the heart of God. 
We have, okay, thank you, Lord. We have a sleepy Sunday. No, um, <clears throat> but we have an important place to play in the world today. Amen? And God's call, nobody else is going to do it if we don't do it. He's going to have to wait till your babies grow up. And we'll be a generation that will be lost. Amen? I always say to young people when I'm around them, you can't live without me and I can't live without you because we've all got to do it together. Amen? I see some faces maybe just a bit older like mine. So I need to hear a loud amen from you. Amen? Because we need to know that God has called us for such a time as this. And, um, you know, I've been on a prayer journey since 2015. The Lord uh, spoke to me way back then in January the 6th. Anyway, he said to me, long story short, get up on higher ground. And I saw this, uh, I was uh, in a vision. I saw, I was walking along in a village in Scotland in the vision and I saw like a wave, you know, the, the surge before a wave would hit. And I started to shout to the people with me, get up on higher ground, get up on higher ground. And then I got on a bicycle and rode this bicycle to get to my car. And I was shouting to people in their homes. They came out, put up their shutters and stuff because they knew what to do in the midst of a storm. So I got up to the top of the hill in my car and, and then I was wide awake. And I said, Lord, what, what are you trying to say? And then the Lord said this to me. He said, what would you do if there was, you knew there was a wave of the Spirit coming? You know, it's like the joke of the fisherman. I used to be a commercial fisherman, so I tell fishing jokes. Um, so this fishing boat was out in the North Sea and it began to sink. And the captain of the, of the fishing boat says, well, boys, the boat's sinking. So has anybody got a Bible? No. No, nobody had a Bible. He said, does anybody know a prayer because we're going down? Um, No, nobody knew a prayer. And then he got a little frustrated. Does anybody know anything we could do spiritually, religious? And then one guy said, we could take up the collection. (laughs) Anyway. And so it was a little bit, it was a little bit like that for me. I said, well, Lord, what would we do? We would just have a meeting. (laughs) You know, we would have a meeting, Lord. He said, yeah. He said, that's what you would do. But the next move of God is not going to come out of your meeting. It's going to come out of my presence. And so I need you on higher ground. I need you to get into that place with me and fellowship with me. And we'll see a move of God. And I believe since then we've been journeying along. And then we had that thing called COVID and all that stuff. Um, that, that's going on there and lots of shaking and things happening um, in and around the churches. Um, and I began to, to as, as I was praying, I began to realize, um, and I want to say this to you, that um, over your nation, there's four different principalities that have been released um, and that we need to be praying about. And that is annihilation, assassination, and betrayal. The last one is accusation. And it's coming against the church. It's the same in Britain. If you look at our royal family, 
It's just all accusation and all sorts of things going on there. And usually when you see it happening in leadership like that, it starts to filter down through. And uh, that's another sermon for another time maybe. But we, I, I began to see these things happening. Um, and, and, and praying over the churches, praying for you, praying for Waco. I remember one time I was praying for, for Antioch Waco and um, I began to see, I saw this vision of a giant bulldozer. And I'm saying, Lord, what does this mean? And, he, and, and, and I just sensed that the Lord was, was driving this bulldozer. And I heard him say this, enough is enough. I've started to move sovereignly. And he was pushing out all the garbage and all the stuff that was hindering the church from being the church and doing what she was called to do. Um, you know, he was, he was pushing out all the divisions and stuff like that, that that's going on in our hearts, if you like. And he, because he wants our hearts to be clean. He wants us to be moving together in unity. And then um, after seeing the prophets in town, so you just got to listen today. It gets weird. You know what I mean? They're funny people, these prophetic people. Um, um, and, and, <clears throat> and it could be a long time. No, it's okay. Um, and, you know, um, as this vision continued, the next I see was this um, bulldozer, and it was like up against a high-rise building in downtown Dallas. And I'm thinking, Lord, what does this mean? Um, now, it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't a natural thing. I'm not expecting a building to fall in downtown Dallas. And I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, enough is enough because I'm moving sovereignly. And that principal, this represented those principalities and powers. And as I discussed it with a prophetic friend back home, he reminded me, and of course, um, we know that that's where President Kennedy was assassinated and the, 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 the guy that, that shot him was in a high-rise building. And usually it takes something like that, a tragedy, for the enemy then to move in on our grief and, 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 and then what he does is he'll lie dormant until, you know, a, a day comes when he begins to rise up. And so we see those spirits have risen up in and around uh, your nation and our nation as well. Um, annihilation, uh, assassination, betrayal, and accusations. That's why you need to be praying for your leaders. That's why you need to be praying over your family because there's always someone ready to point the finger. There's always ready, someone ready to pull uh, pull you down for some reason or another. And we have to stand strong in that day to do what God called us, calls us to do. As a lady called Martha Harris, she's one of the prayer intercessors in, in Antioch, uh, Waco, and she has been taking a team up to downtown Dallas and they have been praying in the opposite spirit. Now don't go to downtown Dallas and start pulling them down. It doesn't work just doesn't work, okay? Rather be praying that those spirits, their, their effect would be weakened, and the more we pray, the sooner we'll see it cleared out, uh, out of the way, 
And, um, but, you know, the, these things become manifest, not because the enemy necessarily knows the future and what God's going to do, but um, he wants to stop anything that God is doing. I'm not so sure he knows what's going to happen in the future, but he tries to stop what the Lord is doing now in and through the church if he can do it. And a lack of unity is one of those things. And that's why our cry, you know, as a movement is that of unity, that we would be unified. That's where God commands the blessing. Amen. When we are walking together in unity, we're, we're seeing something happen. And then um, it was just a few, it was last um, October. I'm just giving you some little uh, prophetic pictures here that God has shown me. And I was in Waco, Texas, and I woke up in the morning, um, and um, as you do, I'm just wondering about some of you this morning, did you, did you wake up? Now, you've got to have fun when you're doing this stuff, okay? <laughs> Laugh at my jokes or I'll go home. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so, um, so, you know, and I just heard the Lord say Psalm 19, verse 5. And it speaks there about... Um, the sun rising like the bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And the glory of God, that's all, the only way I can describe it, just to say it, is uh, the sense of the glory of God came on me physically. And I was praying, I usually pray about three hours in the morning, starting at five o'clock, and that's since 2015. Um, and... Um, and in this time, just the more I prayed, the more I sensed the glory of God coming. And I said to the Lord, Lord, what, what are you trying to say? What, what does this all mean? And he said, what you're believing for in 2015, I've shortened the time. Have I, have I, 25, 25, yeah, thank you. Um, 2005, yeah, we're not going back in time, we're moving forward, yeah. So two, 2025, I've, I've shortened the time. And other words, you know, um, and I'll come to what I, I believe the Lord has said to me. I don't know what he's saying to, I have a, you know, he's saying things to other prophetic people, but this is what he said to me, and they call me the prophet, the Antioch movement, so you just got to listen to me, okay? <laughs> um, and so... Um, I, I just, you know, I couldn't move for about three hours. And then Yvonne and I, my wife Yvonne and I, we went out for a walk um, in, in the place where we're staying. And I was just talking to her about it. And I was walking, though I was 90. I mean, I couldn't, I could hardly put one foot past the other. And she said to me, she said, it sounds a bit like revelation when the Lord is going to shorten the seven years. Um, to three and a half, you know, in, in the midst of tribulation. And I don't believe it's that, but I believe that God's looking at the world today and in his grace, he's starting to move sovereignly and do things that um, uh, look for the unexpected is one of the things he's said in the last few years. And, and I believe that that's what he's doing at this time. We both began to weep just thinking of the grace of God 
that he would look at the world and the way that it is at this time and he would want to come and he would want to do something. He doesn't want to wait any longer than he needs to, but he's looking for a people that will rise up and shorten the wait, if you like. And that means that we rise up in unity together. We rise up as the people of God. That the eyes of our hearts are opened. That we would know the hope of our calling. And the riches of the glory of his inheritance within us. And that we would be a people with eyes wide open in the spirit. Seeking for the revelation of what he wants to do next. In other words, when you come to church on Sunday and you hear a word spoken, say, well, it's, oh, well, that was okay. Good word, pastor. That's not what we want to hear. We want to hear that you've heard some revelation and you have a revelation that will cause you to get on your knees and pray because that's something um, that's so important amongst us at this, min at this minute in time. And, um, and so... <clears throat> Believing God for uh, this to happen. So it takes me back to 2016 when God spoke to me from, and, and he was speaking to me um, um, about the four years running up to 2025. He spoke to me back in, in 2016 about it. And it comes from Second Chronicles chapter 20. And just look at um, a few things here. Um, sorry, guys, verse 15 um, if you can get that, it says, it says here in verse 15, you know, um, because it's not World Monday, I don't get an hour. So anyway, but, uh, you know, the, the Spirit of the Lord in verse 14 came upon the prophet, okay? And the prophet began to speak. He had things he wanted to say um, because, you know, this, um, this invasion that was coming um, was um, Ammon and Moab and all these guys they came against Jehoshaphat. That was the people that Moses had left. He didn't even attack him. And then this was an unprovoked attack. That's so often what happens in the church. We have unprovoked attack. You know, why? Why, why do you want to say that? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to leave? Why do you want to grumble? Why do you want to complain? Say this with me. Grumble, grumble, grumble. That was the noise in the wilderness that kept them there for 40 years. That's what kept them there for 40 years. We're not staying there. That's why we need to have hearts that are repentant and we are walking in unity together. Say that word with me, unity. Amen. That's what God's looking for because he wants to pour out his spirit. Amen. But if we're not walking together, it's very difficult for the Lord to be able to do that. He has to look for another generation. He, the Lord is patient. He can wait. You know, we, we think, oh, he'll be back tomorrow. No, he'll wait another generation if he has to. But I don't want God to wait. Do you want God to wait? 
No, that's our cry, Lord. No, we don't want. So, Lord, engage our hearts. The word alignment is very important, I believe, spiritually, that we would align to the purposes of God and align to his word in these days to be the people he's called us to be and to do the things he's called us to do. There's a well-known man of God called Jimmy Seibert. He says this, if you're obedient to the next thing God tells you to do, you'll be at the heart of the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. Who, me? Yes, you. Because it's going to take each and every one of us to be doing what God's called us to do, to be moving in the midst of his purposes at this time and seeing God do some great things. Now, we hear of things happening, um, and, and I'm very excited about what's happening. And, and, and some of the universities, it's going to happen here. Yeah, it's going to happen here. Amen? So we just need to unify. We need to get our hearts right. Oh, a long meeting. No, never. Just stop thinking. I spoke to someone yesterday who had been at Ashbury, and they say, I usually go to bed 10 o'clock at night. I was up till half past three, and I've never seen the hours pass so quickly. Listen, in the presence of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, just your presence. Amen? As we believe God. I was in a little church in, in Louisville, Texas, just up North Dallas. And, the, you know, the average age in this little church must be at least 60. And they're all, we're all sitting there, and we're in the worship. We're in the worship, and, you know, it was, you know, I was there to ordain an elder along with my friend there. And it's not, it's not an Antioch church, but, you know, it, the pastor said, well, half an hour worship, and then we'll ordain the elder, and then you can preach, and we'll pray for people, and then we'll go home. Great, that's fine. I was ready for, to sleep because I was just arrived in, in, in Texas, and I needed to get back to Waco that night. And so... <clears throat> great, we've got it all worked out. And then we started to worship. Two and a half hours, we couldn't move because of the presence of God. I said to that, when we finally got, were able to speak, it was midnight I got back to, to, to Waco that night. But it, it was, and I, I didn't even fall asleep on the way back. I mean, it was just amazing. I was glad I didn't fall asleep on the way back. Um, but... <laughs> You know, just amazing to be in God's presence. Graham Cook, Graham Cook puts it like this. It, he, he would say when, when, when he was in England, he would say, what we would do is we would just go and waste a night on Jesus. Waste, an, and that's what it felt like. We just wasted a night on Jesus. And then at the end, I was supposed to speak, so I spoke for 10 minutes. And then um, we ordained this elder and we just all got up and went home. We had just wasted a night on Jesus. And it was fabulous. It was fabulous. I said to those, those older people, I said, you better bring a second water bottle with you next time because you may be here for a long time. You may be here for a long time. So there's no saying. Don't, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't put on your slow cooker. <laughs> you know, you just never know. 
you never know. Even a slow cooker, you could be here for quite a few hours, you know. Um, because when God starts to move, we need to be ready not to criticize, but to exercise our spirit and to walk with God in the midst of what He wants to do. Now, when, when the enemy is attacking with slander and all these things, accusation and seeking to annihilate ministry, when there's betrayal in the camp and, and, and all that sort of stuff, then we have to be careful how we walk. We have to be repentant. We have to keep short accounts with one another. Don't go taking bread and wine if you hate the person next to you because it doesn't work. It's just juicing a little wafer. Don't reduce the blood of Jesus to juicing a little wafer because we have to walk in a way and a manner that's worthy of the Lord. Amen? Because he's called us for such a time as this. In verse 15 of this scripture, it says, you know, um, the, the prophet says, now listen, all you, uh, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord your, to, to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. I want to say that to you, the battle is not ours, but it's God's battle. He just wants us to walk with him. Amen. That word dismay is, dismayed means don't break down or be discouraged. And sometimes that can be very hard in, in, in the environments that we're, we're in and some of the things that we walk through. But that's what the Lord is saying. Don't be, break down or don't have a breakdown or be discouraged. Just keep your heart in the presence of the Lord. Just make sure that, that we're staying in his presence. You know, we've read the books, Brother Lawrence, about being in the presence of the Lord, all these sorts of things. And, um, but we've we got to keep hold of what God wants us to be. And he is jealous for our hearts to be filled with his presence. Amen. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. And then in verse 16, 17, they're told, you know, it seems like a contradiction in terms somehow, but it says they're told to go up against them, but you will not need to fight. Go up against them, but you will not need to fight. But it's how you go up is the important thing. And I want you to note that word going up as we go through the scripture here, because it's very important for us as we are a people that are called to walk by the spirit and not in the flesh. Amen. So we're talking about spiritual things today. That's why I prayed the Ephesians 1 prayer over you. You know, it's a prayer to enlighten us, to help us to understand that we are a spiritual people. We're a different people. We're the people of God. Amen? Oh, I don't know why you're not standing in your chairs. Amen. That's who we are. We're different. The world doesn't understand us. The world makes a fool of us. And that's just a sure sign that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And we need to rise up in that moment and in that place, doing what he's called us to do and being what he's called us to be. Um, you, you see, our place is to partner with the Lord in the fight, 
doesn't mean to say we go out in all fisticuffs, but we just got to partner with him. What is he saying to us? How do we go up in the fight? Well, how we go up in the fight, you'll find in verse, um, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but um, um, you'll find in, in, in verse 22, and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the, and, and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. When they began to sing, oh, I don't think I like that song today. I don't know who's leading the worship today. Oh, I don't like that one. Oh, I'm not going to sing that one. Lift your hands, the worship leader says. Oh, really? I don't lift my hands, you know? <laughs> Let's just get before God. Well, I'm here. I'm there. Is that not enough? You know, become with a police, a policeman attitude. God doesn't have any policemen. He's got the Holy Spirit that's pretty good at convicting our hearts as to where we are and what he wants us to be and wants us to do. Amen. And so we seek to walk in obedience, to partner with God in the fight. Reinhard Bonker said this, God will move when you move. God will move when you move. When you're ready to step into your place and take your place. Oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Just do the first thing that comes to hand. And let him, allow him to bless you. Oh, I don't know if God would bless me. Just allow him to bless you. The thing that stops him from blessing you is the negative that comes out of here. You know, I used to be a commercial fisherman. I owned a trawler, a 70-foot trawler, worked in the North Sea. And, you know, I call them these condemnation calendars, really. But um, they bless you, too. You know, you know how you, you, you get one every day, a little scripture, and you have to pull it off, you know. And sometimes I had to pull off weeks at a time because I forgot to look at it, you know. But I know you wouldn't do that, but <laughs> you don't live in my house. Um, and, and so I remember pulling out one of these one day and it said, said, a watch over your mouth and a guard over your lips. And I used to sleep in this bunk, you know, that, but the, it was from here to the roof. And that little scripture, I stuck it on my, my bed because I worked with six ungodly guys and um, were, they were my crew. And um, sometimes the days were difficult and I needed to put a guard over my mouth and a watch over my lips. And that's what we need to do every day. And who we are as the people of God. So that we are a people ready to step in to this move of the Holy Spirit that's going around. Oh, well, God bless us. I don't know if I like that kind of thing. I couldn't stay up all night. Just give God an opportunity. Let's partner with him. And whatever he may ask us to do, the revival may happen in your home. We might all be piling in tomorrow night. So you better get tidied up, okay? Um, that's what Tyler said. Well, uh, Papa Joe's coming, kids. We've got to tidy up. So I got the job of inspecting the rooms. Isn't that right, even? We ins I inspected the rooms. Oh, all spick and span and ready for Papa Joe to arrive. There you go. Um, and so, but we, we, we got to be ready to move with the Lord um, and, and to do what he's called us to do. It says in verse 17 here, it says, I love this verse. This is a key verse, I think, a key verse. Position yourselves. Are you positioned in the place that God wants you to be? 
Isn't it time to do that training school? Get something into you more than you have? Come on. Uh, you know, um, I love training schools. I, I go to them all, as many as I can. Just love to bless people in them and see people across the nations from them. And, and, and so we, we, we um, just need to get hold of what God says by positioning ourselves. Being in that place. Uh, did you position yourself this morning in the Word and prayer when you woke up? Um, and, and, and He's calling us uh, to do that. Position yourself for unity. Get behind your leaders. Get behind your leaders. That's one person. That's three persons. Is there four? Is there five? Is there anybody on this side going to position yourself behind your leader? Amen. If we awake over here, yeah, give me a wave. Yeah, we're all, we're, oh, we're there. You got them, you got them. What about this crowd? What about this crowd? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Holly. Well, you got them too. Yeah. Hands up. Hands up, bit silent, but hands are up. There's only you, no pressure. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. And, you know, so we get into the position. There's a shift taking place in the Holy Spirit at this moment in time. I'm prophesying over you. And it may be taking place in your life as God starts to move sovereignly, as God starts to touch your heart, as God speaks to us, Something is shifting. The Lord has, things have moved. And, you know, at one point I, w- I was in a meeting in, in Rome, an uh, early morning prayer meeting, and, and people were saying, come Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, I'm here. I'm here. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Amen. Mary described it when she went to visit Elizabeth. You know, we all read this at Christmas time, you know, and we call it the magnificent. My soul magnifies the Lord, you know, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Where was the Savior? Inside her. Where's the Savior today? Inside us. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Amen? Because he's a God of faithfulness. And he wants what he wants you to do, to magnify him and glorify him. Stand still, it says, and see the salvation of God. That word salvation here in the Hebrew is yasa, and it means deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, deliverance, help, salvation, saving, Health and welfare. That'll do. Amen. And, and the thing about the Lord is, he, you know, when you read the Bible, He always wants you to see His salvation. You know, we've prayed since COVID. When, when I went back in, in early, to, in, in, early in, two, in 2020, back to our church, I said, we're going to read Psalm 91 three times a day. At nine o'clock in the morning, two in the afternoon, and seven at night. We're going to declare it. Someone's going to declare it over WhatsApp. And we're going to pray. And we're going to agree together. 
And we've done that ever since, and it's still going on. And the very last, you know, there's six I wills in the last two verses of Psalm 91 and seven promises for you. The last promise is this, that he'll show you the salvation of the Lord. Let the eyes of your heart be open today to see the salvation of God. And listen, we think that lots of people, everything's against Christianity. But listen, that's not only seeing Joe Bloggs get saved. That's seeing the salvation of God in a nation. That's seeing the salvation of God over the nations of the world. Amen. There's something to be seen that will cause our faith to grow and cause us to be more lavish in our worship, more lavish in our giving, more lavish in our serving, and we'll walk together until He returns. Oh, hallelujah. I preach myself happy. <laughs> It's all that matters. Amen. Just, you know, we, we, we just got to get hold of it, folks. We're in the midst of something fresh and something new. Here's, here's Ephesians chapter 6. That guy just preaches out the Old Testament. Well, here's Ephesians chapter 6. The first prayer was Ephesians chapter 1. Anyway, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'll repeat them again. Annihilation, assassination, betrayal, and accusations. Spiritual wickednesses is what we stand against. And we put on the armor of God. Now, don't dress like a Roman soldier. Okay? I like the, you know, it's okay for, give it to the kids, you know, the helmet, you know, the helmet, all, all that stuff. But listen, Jesus, the, Genesis is a seedbed of the Bible, okay? And this is what it says in Genesis 15, verse 1. I am your, your shield, your exceeding great reward. Somebody needs to hear that today. Jesus is saying, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Oh, and then I've heard it said this. Some preachers said, but you've always got to watch your back. Because that doesn't seem to be guarded. It's not mentioned. The, no, no. God says, I am your rear guard. Amen. So he goes before us and he comes behind us. So, but we need to believe by faith. Some people say, well, I get up in the morning and I put on the armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. I just put on the armor of God every morning. And I think, oh, I never take it off. <laughs> Makes great pajamas. Makes great pajamas. Listen, I'll tell you, sometimes your bad dreams don't come uh, during the day. They come at night. And that's when you need to know the salvation of God on the helmet or on your head. And the fiery darts will fire at you in the middle of the night sometimes. Isn't that right? And so you keep the armor of God on permanently. And so I don't ask him to put it on every day. I just thank him. When, you know, thank him for the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the, you know, the gospel of peace. We, we just thank him for it. That's faith speaking. Faith language is thanksgiving. 
Amen. Because you're thanking him for something that you believed for by faith. And you believe that he's going to protect you and he's going to keep you. That was pretty good. Give me an amen for that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Don't know where I am, but I'm just about finished. Okay. Um, and, you know, I want you to note something in, in verse 17. And it's the repeats. The Lord is with you. Um, is spoken twice in one verse. Do not fear or fear or be, be dismayed. It's spoken twice to us. He doesn't want us to break down. He doesn't want us to be discouraged. He wants us to keep our eyes on Him. Amen? Now, we're just coming here to the crescendo because um, um, what we find, I love verse 18. It says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. That was the king leading them. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and, and the children of the Korathites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. Ooh, I love that. With voices loud and high. Amen. And they're getting there. They're coming out of their place where they're, you know, Jehoshaphat's weak prayer at, this, at, at the start. Why are they doing this to us, you know? But they're getting them into the place where God wants them to be. Jehoshaphat's face is on the ground. Now, I believe that's when he got the strategy. I don't know what the timing between these verses until we get to verse 20 and 21. But I believe that when he got on his face, that's when he got the strategy. Sometimes we're saying, well, what God want to do? People come to me sometimes and say, I need direction. I said, you come to the wrong person. Um, if, if I tell you to go to Timbuktu, you may get yourself into trouble. If he tells you to go to Timbuktu, you probably will get some trouble. But you can call on him. You can't get me if, if I'm not there with you. But he's there with you all the time. Amen. And, and, and so we, we, we just got to keep believing God. And, and so it says, it says here, so they rose up in the, in the morning um, and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established, believe his prophets, and you will prosper. And so he was... He was on his face. The prophet was probably there with him, you know. Um, they, were, they were talking it through together. And the, the, they're getting the strategy for what they needed to do. And then it says in verse 21, And when they consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise in the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing, the Lord set his ambushes. And then it says in verse 24, listen to this. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, overlooking the wilderness, because that's always where your, place, your praise and worship needs to take you. It's a journey to the higher place. It's a journey. Praise and worship is a journey on the higher ground so that we're overlooking the circumstances. We're not under them. 
Amen. So that we're looking from God's perspective because Ephesians chapter 2 said that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we have a place, a privileged place in the Lord to stand with him in the midst of the battle. And that place is overlooking the battlefield. This world is a battlefield. There's only one group of people that are going to have been given that position. And that's you and me as believers in Jesus. So that we begin to use the authority that he's given to us to take up the place that he's given to us. To use the word in a way that will be a blessing to the nations. And for those of us that will stand and withstand until we see the Lord move in our midst. Amen. And he, because he is a God of faithfulness. And, um, and it says, when they got to that place in verse 20, 25, uh, uh, sorry, 24, oh, when they came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and they were all dead bodies, fallen to the earth. No one had escaped. I would rather let the battle be to the Lord. You know, it belongs to the Lord. And I would rather partner with him than try and take on the fight myself. I once tried to take on the fight. I ended up in bed for a week. Thought I would take authority over this, that, and the other in the sky or whatever. And it didn't work. Anyway, that's a different story. Um, ask me questions tonight about it. Um, and, and then... This is what you've always got to get to get to the rewards. You see, all your rewards are not in heaven. There are some rewards that God expects us to believe for in this life. Amen? And, and so we see here that it says, And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them the abundance of valuables and dead, uh, on the dead bodies, precious jewelry, stripped it off. And for three days, they could hardly carry it away. Amen? We're believing for a billion souls. Are you going to be able to carry that away? No, but you may have a share in that. There's some rewards that are coming our way. I'm prophesying to you. There's some rewards that are coming our way and we need to be ready. How long is it going to take to disciple a billion people? That's what the Antioch movement's believing for. And that still leaves billions without, it doesn't know Jesus. And it's his will that none shall perish. And we all have a part to play in it. There's at least one out there that you could bring to Jesus. Amen? That we could play our part. Where does it start? One-on-one. -on -one. As we believe God for, for um, what he wants to do. And back in 2016, he said this to me. He said um, that, that, that the four years running up to 2025 um, will be days of the plunder. Of seeing people coming to Jesus in, in some unprecedented ways. We're beginning to see something happen in your nation. Don't criticize it. Don't try to pull it down. Don't necessarily go running after it. Start believing for it where you are. Because I believe that God wants us to be able to do that together. It's costly, but let's do it. Amen? And, um, and you know, the last point is this. In, 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 in the fourth day, or... In 2025, I believe this is what God said to me. 
we see that the worshipers led the people out. And then it says that uh, the, in verse 27, then they returned every man to, of Judah and Jerusalem uh, and Jehoshaphat, with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Listen to me. The worshipers led the people out, but the king led them back. And I believe God said that in 2025, you're going to see a manifestation of Jesus, maybe that the world has never seen before. Just what he said to me, I just share it with you. You can believe it if you want. But we're now seeing something happen. Apparently, there was some famous worship leader decided, you know, it's offered his help to Ashbury. And they said, no, no, our students have got it. Is our students got it? Amen. Amen. Have we got it? I'm not a student, but I'll be right there with you if you've got it. I'm only coming if you've got it. Okay, right. And so we're going to believe God. Amen. Because He is a God of faithfulness. And, and we, can, we can believe him, you see. And, and then it goes on there to say, you'll have to read it yourself, but um, it says that Jehoshaphat reigned for 25 years. And this is just me, throw me out if you like, but I don't think Jesus is coming back tomorrow. He can if he likes, we all know that. But I, how long does it take to disciple a billion people? It's going to take a few years, eh, Chrissy? You know, more than just a wee training school. Amen. It's going to take us a while to do that. It's going to, that means we're all going to be employed. Amen. And it may take a year or two. And it could be, it says that Jehoshaphat gave them peace for 25 years. I believe that's revival. David in second, in second Samuel chapter seven, it says this, after he brought the presence of the Lord, it was a breakthrough in chapter five. And then he brought the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant into the, the city um, um, in chapter six. Chapter seven, verse one says this, and David gave Israel peace from all her enemies all around. I believe that that was a 40-year peace that brought the temple and brought that revival in those days. It also says of Gideon, Gideon, after he had bet the, 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 the Midianites, it says in chapter 8, verse 28 of, of Judges, it says that Gideon gave Israel peace from all her enemies all around for 40 years. Jehoshaphat, gave them peace for 25 years. If we start believing God, we may get that peace that brings revival for however many years God wants to give us it. If we'll believe Him. If we'll commit ourselves to them. He's a faithful God. Let there be no more annihilation, assassination, betrayal, or accusation. I break the power of that out of our lives, out of your university, whatever it might be around the, 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 this, this, this city here in Jesus' name. We just, I want you to stand with me. You're standing up in faith today. We're going to stand together. I'm going to make that a declaration 
and I need to hear a loud amen if you're with us. I'm not making you say it, but if you would believe in your heart, then you'll begin to see change. You'll begin to see the shift in the Holy Spirit and we'll begin to see God move in the ways that he wants to move. Get ready with a, you know what you need to do? Take a couple of bottles of water with you at the next meeting you come to because I don't know when it's going to end. If we're believing God for what he wants to do in these days. Amen. You know, I'll tell you this story. We'll get more about it this evening, maybe. Um, um, I woke up, I, I, we live in this little apartment in, in Waco. And I said to Jimmy, said, you need to buy this house because this is a place of revelation as far as I'm concerned. And anyway, I woke up two days ago and there's this angel just before me. In a, in a vision. Um, and the angel was leaning over a table. Think of your lunch table today. This angel was leaning over the table and he says, I've got the oil. I've got the oil. In the prayer meeting, um, I, 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 I began to understand what that oil was. It's the oil of gladness. Because some of you have lost your joy. And he's releasing the oil of gladness. Now, I know it's lunchtime and you need to go, but if I had oil today, I would have released you the oil of gladness, but we'll do it by faith. Just reach out your hand. Receive mode, okay? This is receive mode. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise today. We want to thank you, Lord, for your grace. Now look at your heart for a moment here. Just look at your own heart. And commit before, you see the Holy Spirit's great. He just loves you so much. If, there, if there's a twinge in your heart at all about a relationship that needs to be sorted out, he'll tell you right now. And then you can't just go right now, but commit to the Lord that you will deal with that uh, fractious situation. Anything that's fractured in relationships. And it may be that you're in lots of doubt. Maybe you've come to this church for the first time and um, you may be just here from my accent. I don't know. Um, but, you know, here we are. And you're hearing these words and you have to take these words and bring them before the Lord. I'm not telling you to believe. I can't make you believe. But I know that God wants to do something in the Antioch movement. He wants to do something. And we are part of that movement. And here we are today. As you reach out your hands to the Lord and allow God to touch you. Allow God to minister to you right now in the name of Jesus.